Okay, so let's get into it. We're going to do this breakdown here, and we're going to start where I think not a lot of other lost explanation videos start. We're going to start with the answer that everybody always asks when you talk about lost. What is the island? I'm going to tell you right off the bat what the island is. The island is the source of the light. What's the light? The light is what controls the balance of good and evil in the world. So all good and evil, everything, the universe itself, the light controls this. So this light, which comes from the island, in the heart of the island, this magical energy, is its purpose is it keeps that balance. It keeps everything neutral. And this light must never go out. So this island, because of this mystical energy, then portrays all these other qualities that come from this light. So you get pockets of electromagnetic energy, you get all these different things occurring and happening on this island that just make this island so crazy and so unique. And because of this, the island moves. So the island's always sort of skipping and jumping all around and it's very hard to find and very hard to track. So the earliest we know with this island being this source of energy that it is and being this important, and just to get it out, the island is real. Okay, the island is 100% real. No one died, and this wasn't all a dream. They weren't all dead all along. The island happened. One thing you have to remember throughout this show is everything that happened, happened. So the earliest we go back is it looks like there's, there's artifacts on this island, like the Statue of Tuaret, the temple, um, the lighthouse, the uh, tunnels underneath the island. All look very Egyptian to me. Uh, the Torat statue is a statue of pregnancy as an Egyptian god. So it looks like there were some sort of Egyptians that maybe once lived on this island. Because as far as we know, thousands of years could go back with people arriving on this island and living on this island. The first person we actually meet that's defined as the first, quote, protector of the island is a person that we refer to as the mother. She's never given any other name, but the mother claims just like everyone else she she crashed here she found this island by accident and she lived here this unnamed woman lived on this island protected this island and she was protector of this light so w this light that we talked about um that comes from the heart of the island only the protector the person who is deemed the protector of the island can find the source can find the light um, you could walk past it a thousand times and never see it, but the protector can see it. How that happens and how those rules are put in place, we're never really told that. We're never really told like who was the first person that was at the island. You know, is it is it a god or someone, an Egyptian god that said this is the, this is where who, you're going to be the protector? This is what happened. We never know that. The first person we meet is the mother. Okay. So we have the mother, she's living on the island, she's protecting the island. At this time, we do know that there are other people on the island, um, but she, she kind of keeps hidden to herself. She lives in the caves. Um, it's around this time that this woman named Claudia appears. Um, Claudia has crashed there on the island, and she's pregnant. She had other people with her that are somewhere else on the island you don't know really where at the time, but she gives birth to two boys. The first boy, blonde, wrapped in a white towel. His name is Jacob. Uh, the second boy she gives birth to, you're never really known his name, but he's wrapped in a black towel and it's very light and dark. Um, you're just going to refer to him as the man in black from man in black from here on on. Everyone knows you go by MIB, man in, man in black, whatever. Um, you're never really given his name. Um, at this point, 
the mother then kills Claudia because she feels that she is going to develop like a sickness and kind of be corrupt. She's very under the uh, the notion that men and women who come to this island, they're bad, everyone's bad. It's a very crazy, psychotic way of thinking that she has. Like each protector of the island is different in their thought process of what they think about people and rules and things that they establish. That's another one that plays out in Lost big time is rules. If you're a protector of the island, you can sort of create your own rules on what you think is allowed to happen and not allowed to happen. Okay, so we have the mother. She now has Jacob. She now has uh, the man in black. So um, she has these two childs and she raised them as their sons and she tells them that there's nothing else there out there in the world. You know, they say in the episode Beyond the Sea, What's across there? What do you see? And she keeps telling him there's nothing. But like the man in black finds this like game. And you know, there's a lot of things that, that play out through this series. Like playing this game that they play. There's a black stone and a light stone. And the rivalry and the competitiveness between Jacob and his brother. Okay. So the mother then uh, tells them, you know, she takes them to the heart of the island. And she shows them... You know, this light, one of you is going to be its protector. One of you is going to um, have to have to have this job for a very long time. Now, she you never really know does she want Jacob to be it or does she want um, the man in black to be it? Um, one thing that is established in this series that goes on and on is there's people on the island that are able to see dead people. Now, what we talked about earlier with the mystic properties of this island, well, another energy that exists on this island is almost like this um, souls. Souls of the dead are, are trapped sometimes on this island and can't move on. So there's this mystical force that keeps these lost souls on this island. And certain people in life who are able to see dead people can see these souls all over this island. So one of the examples is Claudia, who gave birth to them, She's stuck on this island. She's a trapped, lost soul on this island. She comes to her son, to the man in black, and she tells him, you know, that's not your mother. You have other people. I was your mother. She killed me. There's people here that you can go sort of live and be with that are like you. And this entices him that, you know, he doesn't like living there alone and just being with his brother. He wants more. He's always seemed to me as the kind of character that he, he's just not satisfied with the status quo. He's not satisfied with being told, this is your job and that's what you have to do. Where Jacob's a very follow the orders do what you're supposed to do, and and, and don't ask any questions. Um, but the man in black doesn't feel that way. So he actually leaves, and he goes and lives with these people. These people are very much like early versions of the others. So the others come into play later on. So these are like people that have crashed there and now live there, and he joins them as one. So he's living there. Him and Jacob still make time for each other. They kind of meet up, and they see each other. And they play games, you know, and, and Jacob still wants that relationship with his brother because he loves his brother. But um, what happens from there is the mother's very big on that no one's allowed to leave because Jacob and the man in black, they're both to her candidates that can replace her one day as protector. Even though the man in black goes off and he's with these other people, she still deems him as someone that might be. Uh, eventually take her place he may come back so he starts constructing uh, an artifact you see on the island the wheel 
the wheel taps into a pocket of this electromagnetic energy. And with these people and scientists they have there, he thinks, well, if I somehow turn this wheel, manipulate this energy, I may be able to sort of leave the island, teleport off the island. How and why they designed this, they never really explain. This is another one of those gray areas that you just kind of sort of have to let go, that someone came up with this and studied this and knew it. Whether they were given that information, we don't know. But this enrages the mother, and she actually ends up killing everyone in in uh, the Man in Black's tribe. Now, one thing that's crazy there is, does she have some sort of powers? I believe she does. Whether she can turn into smoke or do something like that, I don't know. But I believe because she's protector of the island, everybody sort of has some kind of ability. I think she had some sort of ability because she wiped out an entire tribe of people and you never really knew how she did it. Did she poison them? Did she attack them? But they were all dead and their stuff was burning. This, of course, enrages the man in black. He kills his mother. She dies. Um, but she makes Jacob, you know, the protector of the island. She passes it on to him. Um, Jacob, in his rage, then kills the man in black. Now, one of the rules that we'll get into here. The mother had these rules that she established that the two of them were not able to hurt each other. They weren't able to kill each other. Um, not, they weren't going to be allowed to do that. And so they kind of just had this, even if they were angry at each other, there's nothing they could do to each other. So Jacob knew that he couldn't kill him. So he drags the man in black to the light, throws him in there, and says, you're so curious about what's in there, go find out. This doesn't kill the man in black, but it transforms him. His body is destroyed. His body is flushed out the other end, and his body is gone. So the dead his dead carcass is found by Jacob. Uh, Jacob then later takes the mother who died and the man in black who died and lays them in the caves, um, which will be discovered later on down the road. Um, this turns the man in black into what we now know as the smoke monster. So he has, he's just pure evil now. He has no body. He really has no goodness left in him because of the rage that he had towards his mother. And he's just this pillar of black smoke that... I feel is like an island security system. Now, there were some talks before that this was originally what it was supposed to be, was that it was a Dharma initiative thing. But really, it is kind of a security system because it floats around the island kind of protecting, in a way protecting the island like Jacob does, but in a different way because it doesn't trust men. It doesn't like people coming to the island. It doesn't want anyone else there. And it just wants to... As Jacob brings them there, he usually kills them. So what changes? Okay, so the rules moving forward here, um, even though he's a smoke pillar and a, and a monster, he's still not able to kill Jacob. So Jacob starts bringing people to the island. How he does this, it's not really explained. Jacob can leave the island. Again, I believe this is one of Jacob's superpowers. I think his mother had this some kind of ability we never saw. Um, the man in black had an ability, which was to see dead people. I think Jacob had some sort of teleporting ability that he could go anywhere he wanted. Because I think that's how he leaves the island. So he starts bringing people to the island, testing and trying to find who might be a candidate, someone to replace him. He uses the lighthouse to sort of see into the world and see people that 
are like him, people that are struggling, people that are not making it in the real world, and then he manipulates their lives and their series of events to bring them to this island so that he can test them and see if they were worthy to become a candidate, to become the next protector. One of these people that he brings is Richard Alpert. So this is about 1867 now. So at this time, uh, Jacob and the man in black have lived on this island for close to 2,000 years. They've been there a long time. They've been they've been living there a very long time. Um, they bring Richard to the island. Now, Richard, which is interesting, comes on a ship called the Black Rock. The Black Rock is captained by Magnus Hanso. Magnus Hanso later on has children that become very important to the foundation of the Dharma Initiative. So we'll get to that in a, in a minute. So the Black Rock crashes on the island. Richard is found by um, Jacob. He Then it, because he sees something special in Richard, it's never really known if Richard is an actual candidate, but he sees something in Richard that um, is different, that Richard, uh, Richard could be special to him. And Richard, who at the time thinks that he's on hell. He thinks this island is a version of hell because the man in black was trying to manipulate him, telling him that's what he is. See, the man in black is stuck in this loophole. This loophole, this, I'm sorry, not a loophole. He's stuck in this thing where he can't get off this island and he can't kill his brother, but he knows that if his brother dies, then all rules are off. He can now leave the island. But if he brings candidates to the island, He's going to have a hard time leaving after that. So we'll get to that a little bit later. So he starts to find these loopholes. These loopholes are ways he can manipulate people to get them to kill his brother. So this is why the smoke monster doesn't kill everybody he sees. He kind of, I think, again, with the powers he has, can read people, can get into their mind and see like, all right, I can manipulate you. I see that you're you have issues with this. You have issues with that. There's different people that you're missing or stuff that you're guilty over, and he tries to prey on those weaknesses to get you to follow him. So Richard, not wanting to ever um, die because he doesn't want to go to the real hell because he thinks he's a bad person because he killed a man trying to save his wife, uh, doesn't want to die. So Richard or Jacob makes him eternal. And Richard never ages. And, I mean, even the actor nowadays doesn't look like he ages, which is weird. So all this is the basis. This is the foundation of the show. This is where now the rest of the show starts to play off. But this is the main history, which I just described to you. So now we're going to flash, you know, like 100 years into the, into the future. And we're in the 50s. Okay? And the first people, the next group of people to find the island is the U.S. Army. So the army finds it in the fifties again by accident, a small group of them, and they, and they and they and they see, wow, like this is there's a lot of crazy stuff happening here. There's a lot of different like weird energies and weird things we're finding. So they start nuclear testing on this island with a with an atomic bomb, uh, which we refer to as Jughead. This of course leads to conflicts with the others. Now the others at this point are officially established. These are people that are either on the island, descendants of people that lived on the island candidates that jacob has brought to the island and they follow richard the rule is when rich richard is the only one that sees jacob and gets orders from jacob jacob then selects different people that he feels are a strong candidate to replace him and they become the leader of the others when they're the leader 
Richard takes actual orders from them, but still no one talks to Jacob but Richard. This is how the dynamic works. So two of these people that are prominent possible candidates is Eloise Hawking and Charles Widmore. They're living on the island. They were recruited by Richard, recruited by Jacob. And at the time in the 50s with the conflict with the army, they're the leaders. They're in control. They're in control. They're running the show. They come across our time-traveling people from the future and have inner workings with them. Eloise Hawking actually meets and kills her son from the future. A lot of weird shit happens in this in the 50s. Eventually, in the 70s now, you have the Dharma Initiative. So the Dharma Initiative, which is intriguing, is founded by two people, Gerald and Karen DeGroot. The DeGroots are scientists. They experiment in electromagnetic energies and all kind of different weird tests, and they're just trying. They're, they're creative thinkers for their time. They are funded by a guy named Alivar Hanzo. Han, Alivar Hanzo is the great-grandson of Magnus Hanzo, who came to the island in the Black Rock and brought Richard Alpert there. So it's all connected. It's very intriguing the way this show was written and put together. Alivar, some people believe, was looking for his great-grandfather, and found like his journal, the journal of Black Lock, the Rock, which was later auctioned off and sold to Charles Widmore. And he funds the DeGroots to do this testing. And I believe he is the one that leads them to the island and says, like, this is where you should do it. Now, how do they find the island, you ask? So the first Dharma station that they create is called the Lamppost. It's based in L.A. It also sits on one of these unique pockets of electromagnetic energy that's tied to the island. Because not only does the island have these pockets, but all over the world they do. So when you're set on this one in LA, they actually use their technology to find the island. Now, the way they go about and do that is... Um, they have sort of this big pendulum that's swinging and it's moving and writing down these different coordinates. Because like I told you, you know, the island is moving. The island's moving nonstop. Um, so this lamppost will pinpoint it, find it, and then that's where it tells like Dharma people, that's where you go to. That's where you drop food. Every, you know, everywhere the island shifts to. Now I'm not saying it moves constantly, but it does move. So Dharma goes up, they set up shop, right? Um, they get their base of operations going. They start building these these stations on all these different weird pockets of energy. You have the Orchid Station, which is built over where the wheel was, was created, right? Where the Man in Black created it. You have the Swan Station, which was built over that pocket, of a, a huge pocket of energy, okay? So they start building this. That's later referred to as the Hatch. Um, and they start having issues with the others, okay? But at this time... They decide that, um, you know, they're going to bring more people to the island. They're going to start building houses. They're going to start actually living there. Well, this, of course, leads to con conflict with the others. Richard Alpert, Charles Widmore, Eloise Hawking, they have problems with this. Because yet, here we are 20 years later, you have the army there, and now you have the scientific exploration group there. But they're not intimidating them because they're not like the army with their weapons so they kind of reach a treaty they stop fighting with each other and they reach a treaty the treaty is that no i made some notes here for the treaty the treaty in general okay according to richard's notes is it's a truce of like you can't stay longer here than like 15 years um you're not allowed to drill anywhere on the island 10 meters down into the ground 
Um, you can't expand larger than a population of 216 people. Um, you can't do, you can't dig in certain areas. There's certain, you can't explore the ruins. These are a part of this truce that they come up with the Dharma Initiative and say, do not break these and we won't have problems. And Horace Godspeed, who's the leader of the, uh, the Dharma at the time, that kind of works out the details and everything goes fine, right? It's at this time our time travelers from the past, Sawyer and the gang, arrive, become part of the Dharma Initiative, and Sawyer is the actual guy that negotiates this truce with Richard because he's seen Richard before. He knew him from the future. He knew him from the fi 50s when he time traveled there. And he intrigues Richard, probably because at this time, Richard probably kind of got some orders from Jacob that maybe these people are important. You know, he's just, he's unsure of who they are, but he knows they're important, right? So they work out this truce. They live there for a while. Everything's happy. This is until they start doing uh, odd testing on the island. So these rules that we talked about, you have a young Ben Linus living there, okay? Young Ben Linus moves to the enter the, the island. Um, he's intrigued with the others. He's intrigued by Richard, but the the rules start to break down. Okay, so after this time, um, the time traveling people have left. Okay, uh, there was the incident at the Swan. So the incident at the Swan, you had um, they drilled too far down. They hit, tapped into a pocket of energy. They had to use the bomb from the Jughead to explode it. And then who knows what happened after that because they had to build a base over it to contain it with a computer that you had to push the button and enter a code in in order to keep it sort of releasing this energy from exploding. All these things, the incident, um, all these problems annoy the hell out of um, the others. At this point, Richard has had it with them. Eloise has had it with them. Charles Widmore has had it with them. And they... By getting some of the Dharma people to join their cause, especially Ben Linus, they do the purge. Now, the purge instituted by Charles Woodmore is the destruction of the Dharma Initiative. They basically wipe them all out, kill all them with gas, and get rid of them. Now, I'm not sure if this is something that Jacob would have been okay with or if this is more a Charles Widmore idea. I believe it's a Charles Widmore idea. And the reason I believe it is because he was more aggressive and end-all, be-all like that. That's the kind of person that he was. I think that's what caused Charles to no longer be considered a candidate, and which eventually led to him being expelled from the island and being an outcast because of his the violence that he showed in this purge act. Maybe it was a Jacob idea. We don't know. But that's what happened. That's where we are at. Now, in this space... Of like you got it's this is 1970 1980 going into the 90s you have Jacob who starts visiting some other candidates now let's talk about the candidates for a second you all know about the numbers if you watch lost you're familiar with 4 8 15 16 23 and 42 what those numbers stand for are numbers on a wheel that uh, Jacob uses in the lighthouse to select candidates number four lock 8, Hugo, 15, Sawyer, 16, Saeed, 23, Jack, 42 is Quan, either um, Sun or Jen. It's never specified who. But this is when he starts visiting these people. He goes to Locke as, as 
um, while Locke is hurt and visit him. He visits um, Hurley at a certain point um, to convince him to come back to the island. Um, he starts visiting uh, Saeed. He visits um, Kate. He visits the Quans when they're married. He visits Jack in the hospital. He visits Sawyer when he's a child. And this is all manipulation to get them eventually to where they're at. That they're going to get on that plane and they're going to fly and they're going to end up to the island. So just for some notes here real quick, some other notable people that were possible candidates. If you pause certain areas of loss and you look at the will, which a lot of people have done, there's some other numbers on here. Number 20 was Danielle Russo, the French lady. She was a possible candidate. Naomi was 27, one of the island people that came on the freighter. Shannon, one of the survivors, 31. 48, Goodwin, and one of the others. 51, Kate. 58, Juliet. 76, Mr. Echo. 62, Kevin Inman, Calvin Inman, sorry, the military leader who uh, taught Saeed how to be a torturer. 101, Daniel Faraday. 104, Charlotte. 109, Tom Friendly, one of the more famous others. And it goes on and on. You have Charlotte, uh, Ben Linus, Michael, Miles, Charlie, Boone, Claire, possibly Aaron, Nikki, Rose, Carl, all these different people are all on this cave wall and all on this list and were possible people brought there by Jacob. Um, so at this point, we had the purge. It's all off the it's all it's all been done. The next notable event that goes on in this in the history and the time frame of Lost here is Juliet comes to the island. She's brought there by Richard, she's brought there by Ben to try and fix the pregnancy issues that they have. People are dying on the island. Ben Linus, one of his goals is to try to get people to like give birth, have people there, have people that were that that were that were conceived on the island, lived on the island, give birth on the island, but this doesn't happen because if you conceive on the island, you usually die on in, during childbirth. Why? This is one of the areas that they never truly explained in Lost. Um, that kind of annoyed some people. They never really explained what this point was. I mean, it's a good story arc for Juliet because it was her reason for coming to the island, but you never really found out why this is the case. Why do people die on the island? If you know and it's something I missed, leave it in the comment section. So the next event, um, this is probably around the year 2000, you have Desmond. Desmond's another big player in Lost. Desmond, beforehand, he meets Jack. He becomes a monk. He joins the armed forces. He meets Charles Winmore, daughter Penny. Loves her. Relationships on and off. Issues. Issues of that he never felt like he was uh, worth anything, that he could be with Penny. You know, he had a lot of problems. So eventually he tries to win her dad's uh, love and appraisal. So, and approval. So he goes on this boat trip, Okay. The boat trip, um, which is funny, is funded by um, Hurley's girlfriend into the future, which is a whole other story we could go down there. But there's so many little tidbits to connect and lost and, and, and put things. Libby, Hurley's girlfriend in the future, her husband dies. It was his boat. That boat she didn't give to Desmond. And it's just all tied in together beautifully, which works so well. So back to the story. Desmond gets on this, on this boat. He ends up on the island. He runs into Calvin Inman, who was Saeed's guy, who was a member of the Darman Initiative. He's living in the swan. They're pushing the button every 108 minutes. They're ending the numbers, the numbers of the top candidates, right? 
Um, he's there for about two years, is what it seems. So this takes us now to about 2004, where eventually he figures out that Calvin is lying to him. He has his boat. He's trying to fix the boat up and leave Desmond on this island alone, pushing this button, right? So he ends up accidentally killing him. Uh, and in doing so, he forgets to push the button, and the button goes off, and that's what crashes the plane. Energy is released. The sky turns white. The plane crashes, Okay. So now, after all this that we've been through, all this stuff that we talked to, here we are. Now we're on the island. The plane crashes, right? Most of this stuff you know, so I won't go into details. They crash on the island. You get the dynamic of Jack, Sawyer, Hurley, and all of them. Everyone's different. Everyone has issues. Everyone's going through everything together, right? They find the cave. That's where the mother and the man in black, their bodies are laying, and John Locke calls them Adam and Eve. Um, they come across the smoke monster, which we all know is the man in black because you listen to this and you watch the show. Um, they have run-ins with the others. They have others that are planted in there, uh, like Ethan, and they start doing different weird things. Um, they're seeing the ghosts that we talked about on the island. They're coming across that. Jack's dad's appearing to him as the man in black. Um, they run into Danielle Russo, the French girl that survived on the island. Um, they discover the hatch. The tell section people come. They start fighting and warring with the others. Jack and Locke are battling for each other for, uh, is this destiny? What do we do? All these different things happen. Sawyer has issues. You know this whole story. I won't go into all the details, but there's a lot of stuff. It all takes us to eventually Henry Gale, which is Ben Linus in disguise. Um, this leads to a confrontation down the road with the others eventually. Um, they capture Jack and the crew. Michael betrays them. Uh, Jack to fix Ben. We all know how this plays out in season two, season three. Um, they're fighting with the others, all that stuff going on. Um, this eventually leads to like the death of Charlie and all that stuff, all the issues happening. But the main part of this is sort of for me, this meat of the story is the rise of Locke with the others. Locke's really coming to his own that he's a candidate. He's a potential leader. He has the respect of Richard. He has the respect of Ben, even though Ben kind of fears him and Ben's jealous of him because he knows that Locke is special. Why does he know Locke is special? Locke had a serious back injury because of his issue with his father. pushing him out of the window. He came to the island. He got healed. He walked again. Ben got sick on the island almost died from cancer and had to be saved by Jack. So he knows that Locke is special. Why? He tries to shoot Locke and Locke doesn't die. He just knows that like he can't, he wants to be Locke because Ben, he's never met Jacob. He wants to feel special. He's, he's never felt special in his entire life. His dad treated him like shit. He didn't, his mother died at a young age. He just wants to be important. Um, he has a daughter which he stole Alex from the French girl. She doesn't really like him. Um, he just has that jealousy, you know, of him. So we move things along. The freighter arrives. It brings people like Miles, <coughs> Charlotte, Naomi, and Daniel Faraday to the island, Lapidus. And we get the battle here where Kimi kills Alex. This is a changing point for Ben. This is where Ben starts to see true loss and that maybe he missed out on life being a real dad and he starts to maybe second guess some of his choices. Now, in a time frame perspective, this takes us to the Oceanic Six. The Oceanic Six leave the island. Uh, they move on 
And now we have this three-year span. This is where we move in to the flash forwards. So what you're seeing in these episodes is everything going on in Jack, Kate, Hurley, Saeed, Son, Aaron, their lives. They got off the island, everything that they're doing, and how they went on with their lives. Some of them moved on. Kate raised Aaron. Son had her daughter. They moved on. Hurley tried to move on, but he couldn't handle it either. He ended up in the mental hospital. Saeed ended up going back to doing what he knows best, and that's hurting people and working for Ben Linus. Jack fell apart because he knew he was meant for something bigger, and living here and living this lie wasn't working for him. Now, at this point, you have the time-traveling people. They're having all these issues. They're living in the past for three years. But this is the point where Ben starts to manipulate Jack, or Locke. He convinces Locke, and Jacob convinces Locke, that he's going to have to go and move the island. Okay, So moving the island so that Whitmore can't find it. But this starts the loophole. What's the loophole? So the man in black knows he can't still kill Jacob. Can't kill any of these candidates. He's tried to manipulate people before. He tried to manipulate Mr. Echo by appearing as his brother. He tried to maybe get Echo to his side and to do things to him, but Echo was too damn strong. And in his mind, knew it wasn't Yemi and said, I don't know you. You're not my brother. I don't apologize for anything I did. And at that point, the smoke monster killed him because he was of no use to him anymore. So he knows he needs to do, this is his grand scheme at the end. With Locke leaving the island and Ben going after him, the man in black knows he has to manipulate Ben to kill Locke, then bring Locke and all the candidates back to the island, okay? So he can kill them, get rid of them, destroy them, right? And then... After the death of Jacob, the death of the candidates, he'd be of all the candidates, he'd be able to leave the island, right? Why Locke? Why does he want Locke's body? Because Locke was so important. Locke was so special. He had, to, like I said, he had all the respect. He was a leader. He knew if he got Locke that people would trust him. People would follow him. People would. He knew he couldn't get this. He couldn't get this from Jack, but he knew he could get Locke because Locke was a believer, and it would make sense with Locke, right? So. Let's get to that point. Locke gets back to the island. He's there. He's dead. He's killed by Ben off the island. When you come back to the island, then, you have this three-year time gap. The Oceanic Six have lived in from 2004 to 2007 off the island. The time-traveling people left behind lived in the past for three years until finally coming to 2007. Well, actually, they met up in the past, and then the incident happens, and now they're in 2007. It's three years later, they're at 07, and they um, are all together. They start to separate into camps. People following Locke, people following Jack, and um, the others, the people in the temple, um, and it's this, it's this rivalry. It's people believing in Jacob, people believing in the man in black. Because obviously they start to figure out it's not Locke, it's the man in black. And and um, in a great scene, he manipulates Ben Linus into killing Jacob. 
And afterwards, Ben feels like such a fool that he just did this to him. But Ben was so angry with Jacob. He was so angry that he never really chose him to be the next one, you know, that he never appeared to him, right? So all this craziness eventually comes down to a, a lot of different confrontations. Charles Widmore returns to the island, you know, um, he attacks lots of fighting again i'm not going to get into all the details of it it's season six it's a lot of wars between the two camps but finally it's revealed that the man in black never had any intention of gathering everybody up and being peaceful and leaving the island because some of them already left the island he would have left them off he needed them all dead so he master manipulates them into all getting into the sub like they're going to go fly leave together but he manipulates him into trying to kill each other because they actually can't die like if they would just sit there and do nothing they wouldn't get harmed so he puts a bomb on the on the sub and like jack's theory that jack believes if we just sit here and we don't touch this bomb nothing will happen we won't die but sawyer doesn't believe him why doesn't he? Because these two got into it so much. Jack was wrong and ended up getting Juliet killed and caused the incident. So there was these two never trust each other, Jack and Sawyer. It's just two guys, two different mindsets, a rivalry. There's respect there, and at the end, there's love there, but they never really saw eye to eye. So long story short, Saeed dies, the Quans died. Now you're left with Kate, Sawyer, Hurley, and Jack. Kate's name's crossed off. Why? Because she became a mother. Jacob then later describes to her, you know, it's just a line of chalk. Even though I crossed you off, you could still take the job because she's still qualified. And you finally get an explanation from Jacob in this scene of why did he choose them? Why did he manipulate their lives? They feel like he screwed at their lives and ruined their lives. But he explains to them, you guys were broken. You were broken without me. You were broken before me. You were like me. Uh, you didn't have anything good in that real life. None of you had a good life. You needed the island as much as the island needed you. So, of course, Jack chooses to be the new protector. And you get this confrontation between Jack and the man in black. Jacob goes away. And it's interesting because um, they kind of don't fight right away because they know Jack knows I can't hurt him. But Jack also knows he can't hurt me. So the final scene comes down to the two of them about to fight. But let's pause it for a minute because the thing that confuses everybody is while this is going on, you have the flash sideways. So what's the flash sideways? People think that the incident changed time and this is another dimension. It's not. The flash sideways is purgatory. It's not purgatory like you maybe see in the Bible or other shows or whatever, but the way it works in Lost Afterlife is this is sort of an area that's pre-heaven or pre-hell. It's an area where you have to live out things in your life that maybe you wanted to do differently or maybe you wanted to change, and you have to find the people that mattered the most to you and align back with them, and then you can cross over to get so this is all playing out and the key to it which i love is desmond desmond was the constant back in the day he was the way people could stop from time traveling and remembering each other it was like desmond it was always desmond he was the key to electromagnetic energy he could survive it desmond had powers as well he was special so desmond is the first person in this sideways to get woken 
to, to get a, to get woken up and understand that hey um this isn't real like where i'm at right now this isn't real like something's different i had a life before i had penny i had something different and he realizes this and he decides um he's going to start trying to help everyone else so long story short we get down to the end jack lets um the man in black basically go through with his plan of hey if I can't get off this island and I can't kill you, then I'm going to sink the damn island at the bottom of the ocean, kill everyone, and then I'm going to get off this island. So he's just basically to hell with it. He's just going to sink the island, kill everybody. He doesn't know. He thinks Jack's like doesn't know that like what's going on here, what's going to happen. But Jack has a plan because Jack always had a plan. So Desmond goes down. He actually pulls out an actual cork, which was kind of funny, and lets this light escape. And when this light escapes, the island starts sinking. It starts destroying. And you can see the lava coming out of this hole. It's basically evil. It's evil that just starts like erupting from it and destroying it. And when this island goes away, all hope's going to be lost. So the man in black is so pleased with himself that he did this and it's over. But what he never realized, and which I, I don't know where Jack got this notion from, I believe this is something jacob told him i think this is something that he explained to him and told him maybe off camera maybe we didn't see it but when the island was shut off the man in black's powers were shut off and now he was vulnerable and in that point um jack with uh kate's help is able to finally kill the man in black and that's the end of him and then he goes through with the with the help of hurley and he puts the cork back in shuts the island back to how it is, saves the day. In this process, he passes the power of the protector to Hurley. In a great scene, one of the best scenes in Lost, he passes his power to Hurley. Hurley takes over um, as the uh, new leader. So you have the new protector of the island. He's in charge. He gets Ben to help him. All's going to be good. The island's in good hands. Jack dies. Some people make it off on a Jira flight. Now it comes down to the final scenes that we have in the church. This is the area that confuses the most people. It is all oh, they were dead all the time. How does this work? So the easiest way to explain this is when you die. If you died in 2004 or if you died in 1944, you both arrived in the flash sideways purgatory at the same time. Time and space work differently for there. There, Christian Shepherd explains this, um, which is so funny. His name's Christian Shepherd, and he's shepherding everyone off to this land. It's just so well done the way it's put together. But survivors that died, like Charlie and different people, who died years ago, and maybe people like Kate and Sawyer who got off the island and maybe died seventy years later. Hurley, who became protector of the island, may have died 400 years later because he was eternal at that time. You don't know, but they all arrive there. Why did they arrive there? They arrive there because you can't cross over into heaven unless you find the people that meant the most to you in your life. So what it meant was this time they spent on the island, which was real, 
was the most important moment of their life. Those connections that they made, each other that they found, they never found anything like that in their lives. So for the people that died young, like Charlie on the island and Jack on the island, this was it for them. This was their most important moment. Even Kate and Sawyer, who made it off the island, obviously the rest of their life never really gave them much of anything else or they wouldn't have been there. If Kate would have found someone else and married somebody else and went on with someone else, she wouldn't have been there. She would have been with her husband or her kids. She never found that. She never found anything else. Same with Sawyer. He never found out anyone better than Juliet. Um, that's why like Frank Lapidus wasn't there. That's why Miles wasn't there. He was just there for Sawyer to help him along, but he didn't cross with him because they found their own people. These survivors, this was it for them. Desmond, Penny, all of them. Now you could say, why wasn't Aaron, why was Aaron there as a child and not with like people he had on? Maybe that was just a symbol, Aaron being there. Who knows? Those are little loopholes, little small tidbits. Like the Quan's child or Penny and uh, um, Desmond's son, Charlie, you know, what happened there. But this is the, the gen you, you could get out of control trying to get everybody there. But this is the main thing. They were all there together. Ben didn't cross with them because Ben wanted to go cross with Alex and Daniel Russo and those people that he wanted to make connections with. These people all met together. And the best part is the first person after Jack talks to his father is Locke. Because the rivalry that they had, all the issues that they had, Jack knew that Locke was a good guy and that Locke was right. And Locke knew that Jack was a good guy and did the right thing in the end. And that hug or the handshake that they have and the look in each other's eyes, it's just saying, hey man, like I'm glad to see you here. And that's what it was. And then the hug with Sawyer is just like two brothers finally coming together after not getting along. And it's just pure joy all the encounters when they are all realizing who each other are juliet and sawyer's connection um charlie with with claire it's all so good it's some of the best television i think there is is when they find each other and together they move on to the afterlife together and you can assume what goes on after that i mean they leave together it's over it fades out now it's a beautiful ending Yes, they show you shots of them uh, of the beach crash. People think, oh, they were dead all along. That's not. The writers came out and said that was just a way to kind of calm things down before the news started, um, and that's all that was. Now, should you leave the show alone? Possibly, because it's a beautiful ending. But what intrigues me are the unanswered questions. So what would I do if I were going to write Lost and keep it going? I would do the time with Hurley and Ben on the island. It's so much good story you could tell. Hurley was the new protector of the island. Ben was his right-hand man. They brought over Walt to the island to live there with them. Walt probably became a protector of the island. What went on there? What happened after that? What troubles did they have? What people tried to find the island that they had to fight? What other ancient evils arose on that island or they figured it out? Then I would do flashbacks that show you the Statue of Tuaret being built. I'd go back to the Egyptian times and show flashbacks of certain key things happening there of different things and different energies and different beings. There's a lot you could do and a lot you could get into that little appearances by maybe Richard again or by even Sawyer coming back to the island or whatever they wanted to do. There's people that made it out you could bring back that you could do stuff with. To not tarnish the first one, but show you more that happened. 
dive into the beginnings of the Dharma Initiative, stuff that they did. There's a lot of good stuff that could happen. And that's what I would like to see as a Lost fan. Don't redo it again. Don't bring them all back. But just maybe give us a little more. Pop it on Netflix and put like eight episode series out or something like that. Disney Plus, hell, it's owned by uh, ABC, is owned by Disney. Do something like that. It would be really cool to see some kind of stuff before people like Ben Linus and Harley and these actors get too old and maybe it, it doesn't work well in the time frame. But this is what I'd like to see. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this answered some questions for you, and I hope maybe gave you a little better understanding that no, they didn't all die in the plane crash, and the ending of Lost is just pure beauty the way it's written. It's it's a, it's a joyous occasion. It's a tearjerker, but it's just so powerful and works so well, and I think it's truly a masterpiece of television. So, again, I hope you enjoyed this. This is Dawn. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, taking your time out um, in this 40 minutes here to walk through this journey with me. And uh, if you enjoy it, maybe we'll break down some of the other stuff uh, later on or do some other shows. So check us out, kfpodcast.com for all our sites. Look at us on SoundCloud, all your social media, iTunes, everywhere. And have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.